Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome again to Daily Duff Differently. Jeremy Kalmanovsky with you today, learning Tractate Yivamot, page Kaf Bet, or 22, a page on which we will discuss something that is uh, both interesting for Yivamot and interesting for the American Jewish community. Our conversation about secondary character categories of arayot, uh, secondary categories of or derivative categories of incest prohibition, turns to the question of converts. Now, you won't find a, a tractate on conversion in the Talmud. There's a, there's a post-Talmudic uh, collection called Tractate Gerim, but it's not really part of the Talmud itself. Uh, but in Tractate Yivamot, because it is mostly focused or very heavily focused on uh, sexual relationships at the boundaries of society, uh, converts in ancient times were certainly thought of as boundary relationships. So Yivamot is one of the main places in the Talmud where it does treat issues of conversion, and you'll get to see that in a couple of days in our section, but really when we get into the 40s uh, of, the, of the pages in, in our tractate now. While discussing those uh, arayot shniot, shniot la'arayot, the secondary characteristics, uh, a question arises, and here I am almost exactly in the middle of the A dot, the A side dot, Amarle Rava Lirav Nachman, Rava says to Rav Nachman, Chazimar Haime Rabbanan de Atamima Rava. Has the master, Rava is here the student, asks his teacher, has the master seen that scholar who has just come from the West, which in the Babylonian Talmud always means that he's come to Babylonia from the land of Israel. The Amar, and that man said, Ba'umima in the West, they pose the following question. Do the categories of secondary arayot apply to converts or not? So relationships like the grand maternal aunt or something like that, the great aunt from your mother's side, does that apply to a convert or not? Now, why would you think they would? Why would you think they wouldn't? At issue is the question of a, a, a convert's familial status. What are the relationships uh, to the biological family of a convert? Now, we're accustomed in this Christian country of the United States, or wherever you may be listening, uh, where Protestant Christianity is the dominant religious language, we're accustomed to thinking about people being born again when they have religious conversion experiences. This is obviously a language that derives from a Christian-style approach, uh, may relate you know, to the, this conversion experience that the Apostle Paul has as described in the book of Acts. He's on the road to Damascus and bang, this great light comes and speaks to him and he's a whole nother person. In the Hebrew Bible, King Shaul has an ecstatic experience and he becomes like another person. So we have a way of talking in religious life generally about conversion as a rebirth. Uh, and in Judaism we have this language too, but very rarely, not never, but very rarely in Judaism, does that idea of a new birth in conversion uh, relate to a kind of a spiritual transformation? Mostly it relates to a familial transformation 
vis-a-vis people's uh, biological relationships, as we will see now on our page. The general Jewish idea is that when a convert uh, joins the Jewish people, the biological relationships uh, are, for legal purposes, said to lapse. Probably in ancient times, they, they felt that the familial relationships generally lapsed, and the convert or the Jew by choice would not continue a relationship with his or her family of origin. Personally, I don't think that's a very wise approach or ethical approach in contemporary life, but uh, the, the idea for legal purposes is that those relationships no longer exist. Your father or mother, for halachic purposes, if you were born a non-Jew, once you become a Jew, they are no longer, technically speaking, your father or mother, your brother or sister. So that's the mental or halachic mental uh, rubric in which we're having this conversation. So that, that scholar from Palestine comes to Babylonia and asks the question and says, so are there these secondary categories, categories of, of incest prohibitions, the grand maternal aunt on your mother's side or something like that? And so Rav Nachman responds to Rav's question about this, thinks it's a stupid question. He says, Amar lei, hashta, uma erva gufa, ilav shelo yomru ba'in mikidusha hamura lekidusha kala, lo gazru bahu rabbanan, shniot mi baya? That means, it, with an actual biological relationship, let's call this, this convert Ruvain, okay? And there's this other convert sister, Sarah. That's, that's Ruvain and Sarah are biological brothers and sisters. They both convert to Judaism. And technically, in halachic terms, they're no longer biologically related. So is there any reason that they should not marry, should they choose? Even though they're biological brother or sister, they've begun a new uh, halachic status. So maybe this biological brother and sister could marry under halachic uh, per, uh, permission now that, the, now that they're Jews because, as I mentioned, in halachic terms, Jews simply are not biologically related uh, to non-Jews in halachic terms, if not hopefully social or ethical ones. Uh, so the only reason, Rav Nachman says, the only reason that we do forbid that Ruvain convert and that Sarah convert to get married is so that people do not say that when they join the Jewish people, they came to a lesser status of holiness, they came to a lesser ethical behavior, because last week, Ruvain and Sarah could not get married, now they become Jews and now they can get married? That's absurd, that's ugly. And so even though it's technically logical that they should be able to, we forbid them, Allah forbids them from getting married, because it would reflect bad in that odd circumstance, reflect badly on Judaism. That's the only reason that that very intense form of incest, quote-unquote, would be would be prohibited. So you can even ask me about shniot. Shniot are derivative of that. So no, there is no application of shniot to converts, according to Rav Nachman. Now Rav Nachman continues and says, Ho'il ve'atuliadan, since these questions of converts have literally reached our hands, since the matter came up, name of Bahumilta. Let's let's keep talking about this topic and raise another issue. He says, Achin min ha'em lo ya'idu ve'im he'idu edutan edut. That is, if two maternal brothers, two brothers who share one mother, convert, they may not testify in court about one another. Uh, Jewish principle that relatives cannot testify for or against each other. So two converted brothers who share a biological mother ought not testify against each other. Why? Well, because we do know in point of fact that they are biologically related, and since it is the mother 
We are 100% sure that they do, in fact, uh, share that mother. Since they, uh, unlike unlike the father, whose paternity is always at least some some potential doubt about. Um, but if those two converted maternal brothers did testify, they shouldn't have. But if they did, the 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 testimony stands and is valid. However, achin min ha'av me'idin lechatchila. But two converts who share a who share paternity, who share a father, and have different mothers can go ahead and testify even in ab initio in the first instance there's no problem because we're not a thousand percent sure that they share paternity. Amemar, another figure, comes along and says, Amemar says that even those converts who share a mother may testify for or against each other. What is the difference uh, of this case about legal testimony which does permit biological siblings to testify for or against each other, whereas had that hypothetical convert couple, Ruvain and Sarah, who are biological brother and sister, if they got married, they would be forced to divorce. How come the one requires a rigid prohibition? Ruvain and Sarah cannot marry, but Ruvain and his convert brother Shimon can testify. How, how come those two cases are different? Uh, the answer is erva masura la kol, or erva la kol masura, ve'edut din masura, that marriage happens among all sorts of people, and uh, the the per relative permission about Reuven and Sarah to marry would spill over to a pair of born Jews, whereas the Beit Din manages, uh, the court manages testimony in a legally appropriate way and have a greater and exert a greater control uh, over over what would happen and would not not permit a relaxed uh, stance towards convert brothers to affect how they treat biological Jewish born Jewish brothers. And then the Arsugya concludes with a well-known line, the Ger Shenit Gayer, a convert who converts, a Jew who chooses to become a Jew, Kekatan Shenolad Dame, is like a newborn child. Our whole sugya here discussed the convert's familial status, but it never once talked about their spiritual life. To refer to them as a newborn child is not some lovey-dovey comment about the innocence of their soul or sinlessness or something like that. What it means is that like a newborn child, their old familial relationships have lapsed. Thanks for learning today's page with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.